Welcome, listeners, to Time for an Awakening on Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennia. This is a history and current events program from a cultural perspective. We find this program necessary because Hosea 4, 6 states, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But we as a people will turn this around. Proverbs 4, 7 states, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. All that getting it and understanding. Again, welcome to the program this evening with your host, Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. The number to reach us to join the conversation this evening is 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. We're streaming live at several locations. You can go to timeforanawakening.com, which is the homepage and catch the live stream. At that location, you can go to www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. Again, that's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening and catch the live stream there also. We're streaming at a bb2me.com forward slash time for an awakening. That's A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I forward slash time for an awakening. They stream out of Ghana and catch the live stream there. Or you can download the TuneIn Radio app to any of your devices. TuneIn is a free app. And in the TuneIn Radio app, type in Time for an Awakening there. You'll see the icon, and you can stream the program live, even into your car if you have the Bluetooth capabilities or the auxiliary connection. Again, that's Time for an Awakening Radio program with the live stream on the TuneIn app. Drop us an email at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Again, that's timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Time for an awakening also has a fan page on Facebook and at Facebook search engine, just type in time for an awakening radio program. There you always see interesting content being posted daily by myself or brother Richard and do me a favor before you leave that page, just hit that like button. It's time for an awakening radio program with the fan page on Facebook and time for an awakening media is also there. Always full of the latest podcasts of the various programs on time for an awakening media, interesting articles that you can read, download at later times, and share with your friends. Also, check out that Time for an Awakening Marketplace and our partnership with the BB2Me. Always interesting things in the marketplace all the time. Various African language classes, classes on education, economics, social systems, health, and much, much more being taught by professors on both the continent and in the diaspora. So, again, make that one of your favorites. Put that in your address bar. That's timeforanawakening.com. Timeforanawakening.com will take you straight to time for an awakening media. It's 7.07 here in the city of Philadelphia on this Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Our guest this evening, activist, organizer, and new Black Panther Party chapter head, Sister Taniqua Simmons, will be joining us this evening to talk about uh, people in Buffalo, New York, what has been going on in the wake of the reopening of the Tops Market a couple of days ago. 
let's get an on-the-ground assessment of what has been going on and talk with our special guest tonight, Sister Taniqua Simmons. We'll be right back to get the program started after a brief word from our sponsors. Our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and, and our enemies. Everybody is here. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Overworked, suffering with an underperforming company, headache customer, staff, or vendors, or are you a startup who wants to get it right the first time and avoid the costly mistakes? We turned a $24,000 a year odd job handyman service into a seven-figure high-end custom home builder and commercial contractor licensed and operating in three states. This is just one transformation created for entrepreneurs like you in various industries around the country. Not where you're used to from accounting and business consulting? Well, welcome to New Business Solutions. If you're ready to go beyond advising, coaching, and training and get implemented results, call 301-244-9072. Let New Business Solutions apply the best comprehensive administrative accounting, operations, human resources, management, sales, and marketing to help you actualize your vision for yourself and your company. From anywhere nationally, call 301-244-9072. Spelled new as in numerous on your device right now. Book your free consultation at newbusinesssolutions.com. History is a clock that people use to tell their political and cultural time of day. It is also a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. History tells of people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. 
most important, history tells a people where they still must go, what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. From antiquity to the present, our people need to develop a new paradigm. It's time for an awakening with your host, Brother Elliot. Sundays, 7 p.m., Fridays at 8 p.m. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit us up at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. It's 713 here in the city of Philadelphia. Before we get started with our program this evening, I want to welcome in my co-host, Philadelphia activist and tour guide at the African American Museum here in Philadelphia at 7th and Street. Brother Richard is with us. Brother Richard. Yes, sir, Brother Elvis. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing fine. It's been a busy, busy morning, but I'm definitely looking forward to, um, you know, be engaging and get, you know, a good on-the-ground update from um, Sister Simmons. You know, uh, Richard, this is a, a kind of a follow-up. I, uh, Brother Ajabu was on the program about two weeks ago, maybe three, and talked about uh, him being up in the Rochester area, the Buffalo area, and it was a lot of activity going on there and communicating with a lot of the on-the-ground folks there. And he mentioned that Sister Simmons was one of the people that we needed to talk to to get an assessment in the heartbeat of what's going on, on, on with our people up there in Buffalo. Uh, we see that that supermarket opened back up a couple of days ago, Richard. And according to um, published reports, the television reports don't show it, but according to some published reports, uh, a lot of the community didn't want that store to open back up. Uh, let's talk with our guest this evening to find out exactly what's going on in the Buffalo area, our guest this evening, activist, organizer, and new Black Panther Party chapter president, Sister Taniqua Simmons is with us. Sister Simmons, are you there? Yes. <laughs> Glad to have you with me and Brother Richard on time for an awakening. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Sister Simmons, let's, uh, before we start talking about uh, the reopening of the Tops market and what's going on in Buffalo, uh, let's spend a little time talking about you. Um, I've, I've always mentioned when I have activists on here that it, it it's something that really, it, it's a skill. It's a talent to be able to organize people, and especially in something that is beneficial to the community, beneficial to our people as a whole, it's really a skill and a talent to be able to do that, to have the fortitude to stay the course. Sometimes you get discouraged, but I, I, I'm really fascinated when we have activists on because I, I really want to kind of get the pulse of what made them become active. And maybe by you telling this story yourself, you can, you can help other people get into motion. Because the only way we're going to make things better for our babies and the future generations is if our people become active to change what's going on in these communities and change the mindset of our people. So, Sister Simmons, talk about yourself. Um, because I know you, you, you're the uh, 
the president of New Black Panther Party chapter up there in Buffalo. J- just talk about yourself a little bit before we talk about the, the Black Panther Party and what they're doing up there, the New Black Panther Party, and what's going on with the top, Tops Market. Talk about yourself being activists and what got you involved in things in the community. Okay. Um, to begin, I my earliest recollection of injustice put me in a position to question the things around me. Um, I went to City Honors, which is uh, one of the, uh, allegedly one of the top schools uh, within the whole country. It's a magnet school and it sits like in the in the hood and um, not many minority, not many black people are in attendance to the school that is in the heart of our community. And um, it put me in a position to have schoolmates um, that I, that were outside of my community. And what I noticed in going to school is that I could always, you know, be invited and attend parties in their neighborhoods and communities. But every time, you know, they were excited about coming to my house, as soon as they found out where I live, they were no longer able to come to my house. And I just couldn't understand because I felt like, you know, my community was like everything. I would tell them, you know, of of the tales with me and my friends and the, the things that we would do when we would be outside. And they wanted to come and they could never attend. And then tragically, um, one of my classmates uh, was... Uh, killed by a stray bullet. Um, She was playing outside of her house. Two men were arguing um, and someone pulled the gun, the gun discharged and it killed her. And we went, you know, we went to her funeral as a school and I didn't sleep for like three days. I could not go to sleep. And I just, I really started questioning like everything and I and I got really involved I after that um occurred like my neighborhood started really being impacted by drugs and guns and I just couldn't understand you know why I'm learning about government and what these you know what the government's supposed to do we have these checks and balances and I'm just not really understanding you know, what's going on in my community, what makes my community like the ghetto, why, you know, why we can't get delivery of food from certain restaurants, why we're curtailed to certain areas, because growing up in the city of Buffalo, there were areas, um, they they talk about sundown towns, they don't talk about sundown neighborhoods. And, you know, I was very aware at a very young age um, with politics because I understood the connection between what was happening in my community and politics, but I I really didn't have a great understanding, but I was inquisitive enough to want to know because I I wanted to make a difference in my community because it was my friends and, and the people in my neighborhood that were all of a sudden people were getting killed and it was just very new to me and I felt very safe in my community. And then at some point I just didn't understand, you know, how could all of this happen in my community? 
and nobody really was addressing the issue. So I just, and I'm the type of person that I, I like have to know and have to understand things because, you know, I really wanted to have an impact on my community because I love my community. It raised me. I, I, you know, you couldn't tell me that I lived in the ghetto. I, I just was, I, I just didn't understand. And as a result, I just became active and my family's very active. My aunt was a, the first black senator in North Carolina, uh, early empowerment. So it, it's just something that uh, runs in the family, is in my blood. Uh, Sister Simmons, the um, t- tell me, because you, you mentioned uh, when we had private conversations that you had ran for council person at one time. Uh, yeah. So you were involved in politics to try to change the dynamic in the community. Um, what, what, what have, before I talk about uh, some of the people involved in the political landscape now in Buffalo, uh, just let our people know, because you mentioned about uh, people talk about sundown towns, but the sundown neighborhoods. Uh, Buffalo is highly segregated, similar to a lot of these cities, to be honest. Philadelphia is another one. But talk about the dynamic then, Buffalo, because uh, that uh, animal that came down there and killed our people at that supermarket kind of had that supermarket under surveillance for about a week, according to published reports, coming down there, mapping out things. According to that manifesto he had, he had pictures, he had drawings of different entrances and and, uh, uh, the back of the market. He had photographs of the back of the supermarket. So just to tell, tell our people the dynamic of Buffalo and exactly what's going on in relation to these communities. Well, what we have in Buffalo is we are at, we are at a stage in this gentrification process where um, we now have um active uh suburban what well, reversal of suburban sprawl that's that's kind of where we are um back in 2003 uh, we brought in the the city brought in a, a black urban planner Tim Wanamaker and they um brought him in so that he could push buffalo forward in a in a much more organized manner in terms of redevelopment and within that process we, they divided up the city into to different groups and and then the smaller groups were cr- to create a plan and it was to be a, adopted and, and and drawn into this bigger plan and that's how you know that process was going to go unfortunate up from the community was totally rejected in the master plan that was created. That master plan basically and essentially said, we are going to strategically reverse suburban sprawl and we're going to use poverty dollars to do it. So now we are at a point where our community is now um, more, it's more palatable. It is highly sought after. So now we're in the process of being outpriced in our community. And since our community is for sale, 
we have these daily um, slow roll um, community activities, if you will, which are bringing people in the community, which before we would be on high alert in terms of, you know, who's coming into happen 30 years ago. So now that we are under um, gentrification and, and in the community, we have a lot of strangers in our communities that, that we don't know. And we are openly embracing um, people into our community that ultimately don't have our best interests at heart. So he was able to come in and fit in, um, even in his odd behaviors, because, you know, we are under the social programming of diversity and, you know, we're all one buffalo and, you know, as if the Black people somehow separated themselves from the community and told people where they could live and such. So, um that 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 that's where this individual was able to you know kind of be welcomed and embraced and get the intel that he needed um even though i i i still with the story that they have created and the narrative they provided i don't know how you can have that much hate for somebody and in your community like black people make up three percent of the community but as i digress he was able to just come here and basically be amongst the people, gain the intel and come back and, you know, execute his plan with little resistance. Sister Simmons, we, we see um, that that market opened back up a couple of days ago. Um, and, and let me just say this because I want your opinion and feelings on it because you're there in Buffalo. Um, that incident that happened down there in Evaldi, the parents of those children said that they wanted that school demolished because they didn't want their children, teachers or anything, going back into that school after that uh, incident happened. Um, I had mentioned on the program that I didn't think that our, our people in Buffalo should even go in that store. That store should be torn down. But we see that the store is opened back up. And according to published reports, a lot of the community, a lot of the community is objecting to it. Talk about it. You're there, uh, Sister Simmons. Talk about uh, the reopening of that store and how the community feels in relation to it. Well, you have a certain section of the, a certain portion of the community that feels that it should be torn down. And then you have a portion of the community that needs this particular um, grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I can say that I, I mean, I let, this is a store that I went to every day. Um, and since it's been closed, I never really thought about um, it not being able to go there until I wasn't able to go there. And then I really started feeling upset about the position that they put in the, they put the community in to begin with, Okay. because this is the only grocery store that we have in this community. And to be quite honest with you, 
most of us don't even like the store. Like I have very little respect for the store because um, it was a crumb that was given to the community in response to all of the other grocery stores being closed and that being the only option available. Um, as it pertains to a grocery store, I will put it in the context of uh, a large corner store because there was a lack of availability with items that you would see in the other stores. It was smaller than the other stores. The quality of the food, the produce, the meat, everything across the board was low quality in this store. So now those same people who, and, and I want to say like prior to this, like maybe two to four weeks prior to this, they just had a meeting about shutting the store down completely. So I have to question all the narratives being provided because things are strategically happen, happening that are extremely questionable. But um, so uh, this, this is dividing the community even further. I mean, you have people who are literally, I was just talking with one of my friends, lost a friendship. Like he lost a 20 year friendship because he went to the store you know, to purchase. And people are like, well, how could you go to the store? Well, I mean, I also have to question, you know, do we let fear win? Do we let terrorism win? Because this was an act of terror on the whole community. So, but the, but the bigger issue is that all of this is happening in the community and the community has no input. Okay. And conversation community's input was put in would have had an opportunity to have a dialogue and be part of the process the community could have probably come to a compromise and an understanding about how we were going to move forward as a community but the community during this whole process has not been the priority the community has been serving as a background to a lot of political um to a lot of political platform because a lot of people are using this as a backdrop to motivate certain things that are not in the best interest of the community and they're using it um they're using the fear to draw and you know herd support for the things that they need to do so that they can achieve their bigger agenda which the community doesn't understand so it's 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 ripping further at the threads of a very te a tethered fabric. Like everything that is happening in the community in, re in regards to how this was handled, the response, um, all of it is, is a point of division within the community because again, nobody is speaking to the community. Everybody's coming to the community with the with the media entail with a with a, an agenda it it has and it will never be about the people who lost their lives because that's not what this was about and i mean in initially i i could subscribe to the narrative but after everything i've seen there's just more to this story that we will never know um we'll never get the truth the, the the media and the narrative that is is being given is just totally falsified and whitewashed. Uh, 
Wow. Um, Sister Simmons, before I pass the mic to Brother Richard, let me ask you, because you met, just mentioned that there's certain things about this that the community will never know. Um, two things that came out in the media but almost disappeared as fast as it was released, and they talked about it in the print media. I didn't see it in the, the visual, the television media. Uh, this guy that went in there and massacred our people, uh, at first they said, including the president in a address, and I heard that with my own ears, said that this guy was a lone wolf. But we see through published reports that he was not a lone wolf, that it was maybe over 25 people that was on the social media line that was watching the live stream of what he did that was part of his organization. In in his manifesto, he talks about uh, the organization that he was involved in and people involved in it, Sandman and others. And also, it came out in the published report that a retired agent or agents was involved in this group with him. And it has disappeared out of the media. In fact, almost a week after that happened, then the Evaldi situation happened that took Buffalo basically off the front pages. Talk, talk about it from the community standpoint. Um, has the, that mayor up there or the attorney general of New York, Letitia James, have they addressed this conspiracy against the community, the people involved, and these uh, retired agent or agents that was involved with this guy? Has any conversation happened in relation to that? No, there's there's been no real discussion of anything. I and when I say I I, I walk to tops, this is how close that I live to the location and to get any information like you had to, to literally go read the newspaper or watch the news. There was no, there was no addressing anything. I mean, they, they, they've never really addressed with us in terms of uh, this investigation. Uh, how does an eight, how is an 18 year old a lone wolf? Like this, he's doing all of this driving. Who's paying for the gas? Who pays for the bullets? 18. I know my, I, I have children that are of, of uh, in different generations. And I know that my teenagers, I, when money's required, it's hard for them to move because who's, I mean, he didn't have a job. So the, the narratives that have been provided, there's enough to question everything that they've put forward but we're not even in a position to do that because every day there's a free, there's something free being given, you know. Sister uh, Sister Simmons, say that again because you broke up slightly. Say that again, that last part. I said every day there's something new being given. There's like giveaways every day. They're giving like furniture, they're giving away um, food, they're giving away this, that, so... The community is more distracted. Huh? The, the things that they're questioning are where, what are they giving today? Where do I got to go to get this? How do I apply for that? As opposed to being in a position to question the narrative that we've been given, because what I don't understand is, you know, they push the multiculturalism 
in the community that was impacted. Like we didn't send somebody there. They sent somebody here. So why aren't they doing all of the multicultural um, activities in Conklin, New York? Like they, they shut down, they disrupted the, an entire community for two and, and we are the impacted. And, and if this is about stopping, you know, these, these terrorist organizations and this homegrown terror, um, how, how far are we going to get if every time we, we have this situation, we are just giving the impacted community a bunch of free things. We're not even addressing where he came from. His parents, you, you, you can't, as an 18-year-old, I find that his parents knew absolutely nothing. And I also find it very convenient that his parents work for the state. And I find it very convenient that there were all of these agents on a live stream. And we see the impact that, you know, in terms of controls in social media, because they use it often to squash the voice of black people. So we know when they don't want, you know, things to transpire, we know that they, they, they crush it. But when it comes to this homegrown terrorism that can always kind of be uh, 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 traced back to the government, they, they can't seem to stop that or address that or they're using that as a backdrop to further encroach on to create these laws that, in, that they only seem to selectively utilize against, you know, the resistance to any and any of their government agendas. Sister Simmons, you said this guy's parents work for the state. Yes. Yes, they work for the state, New York State. Richard. And they sent they they sent um protection to his parents' house. I'm like, ain't they aren't they suspects? He's eighteen years old. Richard he lived in their house. How do you send the police there to protect them when y'all when when they should be the focus of the investigation? <laughs> Richard, I want you to jump in here. Uh, you see that Sister Simmons said that uh, all the while that questions need to be answered, that the community is getting all types of distractions, new giveaways, get uh, this and come get that. Uh, yeah. Richard, <laughs> jump in here, please. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Uh, uh, um, first, let me um, thank you for being able to share you know, um, because you're so close to it, I mean, even in utilizing <clears throat> that, that support. Um, I don't know if this is inappropriate, but that day, were you anywhere close to the supermarket um, um, when when this here terrorist act occurred? Uh, Sister Sim? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I was there the day before and the day of getting ice and, and you know, you know, picking up beverages because it was, it was the the day before it was my and um, I was there getting stuff for a, a party we gave her, and the day after I was picking up some items for my husband. And 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 sisters, I mean, I wanted to, um, and there's a couple of questions if you don't mind. Uh, um, the, the the general mood, and and I'm asking you as someone who has been um, politically conscious from a very early age and actually also have engaged in the political process. After this um, terrorist act, um, 
how and, and you, you somewhat touched on it, but how, if at all, did the mood change of the community? Um, what what was it? Was there a shift? Um, and if there was buckets, how would you describe that shift um, based off of what happened that day? Well, the community was very upset and the community was very up because initially when it when the information went out, they just said a shooter. But they weren't able to maintain just a shooter because of people who were there who seen what happened. And and then um, they said that that he was white and it was racially motivated. But initially they tried to cover it up. And then the response when the police got there, they were treating the people who were impacted immediately on the scene. Like I, their response to me was unempathetic. Like they, they were to me, according to the situation, they were nasty. They were nasty because you had people whose family members had went in this transpired and they were trying to, go into the store and the police were stopping them um, from going into the store, like physically stopping people from going in the store. But when they brought this young man out, they were treating him very gingerly. And I want to say probably like a month, four to six weeks prior to that, the police turned uh, one of our, the same neighborhood into a war zone and they let off a hundred shots into a a vehicle in reference to a young man that they allegedly uh, said had a gun and was shooting at police. So the response that the community had was anger because they're like, how do you show up on scene with a man that you know has a gun and has, you're stepping over bodies and you go in and this young man just comes out, they're treating him gingerly and we've been watching videos of them yanking our kids out of the cars and breaking windows for traffic violation. So initially, we were very, 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 very angry. And then we were even angrier that, you know, politicians were showing up on scene. And and I was there, and I was angry, and we cursed them. And and after the politicians came, the, the you know, the news reporters came, we cursed them. And then they moved them off because the, com- the, the community has been calling for a, a more police presence, like all types of things have been happening in that neighborhood. Um, business owners have gotten shot and, and they've been asking for a, a, a police presence. And, you know, can you come over here and not harass us and actually protect us? And they got no response uh, that all fell on deaf ears. And now here's everybody with the cameras and, and talking about how they care when they had, they didn't show up, like they haven't been showing up, but miraculously when all of this happens here they come to the community and they're giving you know these interviews and with this fake love and fake concern for a community that they never see and they never hear well and asking the same question um differently um did the and you mentioned the kind of um activity that may have been going on um, in the community um after this act did people in the community towards each other in your perception, um, did that change because of the shooting? 
Well, no, I, I believe we were at a point where we are realizing that we need to come together. And you've seen some glimmers of a community actually coming together. And that was quickly, it quickly turned into something else when it turned into a circus. Then, you know, once it started, you know, we started getting the camaraderie back. It just dissipated because of the, the aftermath and how this situation has been handled politically and otherwise. And, and, and you had mentioned, you had mentioned um, which I thought was interesting, you called it um, sundown neighborhoods. Um, that that are I guess um, close to Buffalo. Um, have 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 you um, or others identified um, how did those neighborhoods um, respond to this terrorist terrorist act? Was it ever ever any reporting? Whether um, people you know, you've already talked. It seems you mentioned about the police, which I, I would take it. You know, I have to ask you the question. Is the police primarily white or black in, in Buffalo? Um, not that that matters, but that would be interesting. But there, was there any response um, that the people in um, the community that you're from recognize from what they already know as it, um, these sundown neighborhoods as it relates to this terrorist who, who did this act, this heinous act in the community? Well... I can tell you that there was a rally in 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 one of the suburbs for the for the young man and they wanted people to honk in support of the young man and many people were blowing their horns. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, but but that was never talked about in the news. You know, there's been a uh, there, there's been this narrative that has been put forth in mainstream media that is is in total opposition of the facts and the reality of what is what is going on because they need the narrative to to be a certain way so that the 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 financial impact of of the solution will be tolerated and welcomed and it'll be another, you know, black community dis- destroyed where, you know, the, the history will be whitewashed and they'll, they'll act as if none of this ever happened. Are you, are, and, and you mentioned a number that was interesting. Are you saying that there um, 3% of the um, of black people, there's only 3% of the black, uh, black people in the city of Buffalo? Is that- no, that was in Conklin, New York. Oh, where okay. he came from. Oh, in Congress. Okay, I got you. Right. So I'm like, how do you draw this 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 hate for black folks? Like you, you don't even deal with them. Like, you know, white white folks only have to deal with us when they choose to because <laughs> they can live in communities that we aren't allowed to live in, we that they won't write mortgages for, that the post that nobody wants them there, and that they will make sure they that they run you out of. And this is where he came from, but you know, you're you're bringing all the multicultural we are one. You're bringing that here, 
we, you know, you would think that, you know, that that a town, a community that could birth and, and grow that type of hatred that I would drive two hours, three hours to come and do surveillance, drive another three hours back home and then get in my car and come back another three hours after that and, 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 and kill people I don't know. They've done nothing to me. These ain't even the black people that I don't like if I don't like black people. So, you know, it, it you know, it, there's just too much to question. Um, and, and that's why the, the reality of what is transpiring is, is not being reported on, uh, correctly, um, in any type of context in the news. And, you know, and because you, you, you've been engaged in the electoral process and you also mentioned that, um, you said Tim Warnermaker um, came in in order to do a master plan who was black. If I'm not mistaken, Brother Ella, you mentioned that the mayor, uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong, um, both of you, the mayor of Buffalo is black? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he has black skin. <laughs> <laughs> and, and is it the uh, attorney general or district attorney is, 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 is black? Is that... It's uh, uh, Letitia James. She's the the attorney, the New York State Attorney General. She has black skin too. Right, and and so what I'm trying to um, get, and I heard you mention about these these distractions. Um, um, let me ask it this way, because um, I'm asking two uh, two thoughts are running. Um, based off of your observation, how are the young people who are witnessing um, the police um, continue, I'm, I'm assuming continuous police abuse and um, witnessing, witness this young person terrorist act in, in around you how are, if you have any sense, how are young people responding to that? Um, is there anything you're picking up um, that is their view of what what they're experiencing and and, 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 I, and I'm raising that because I'm wondering if it's um you know, some sense that there's going to be some different action from young people because of the things that you outline how are young people responding to this in your view well i'm seeing that more young people are being engaged in the process and that they they, they, they're really actively um, participating and willing to participate in, in bringing forth the solutions. Um, but unfortunately, the system has created a way to, um, to draw in these individuals via a bunch of nonprofits. Mm. And mm. now these young people who could change the world are now just writing grants every year and 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 now they're to a point where you know they need the grants because this is their career so they're willing to you know to to play a role in in the temporary programs that are that distract us from our ultimate goal and you know because they they don't have any real context for anything that's happening. Like a lot of the youth here 
have been born into this circumstance or this condition. I moved into this area when it was predominantly white when they at the at the onset of suburban sprawl where they were giving away the, the banks were giving away mortgages and and you know the the more affluent white people they immediately left the neighborhood and 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 started developing um you know these suburbs that you know popped up as a direct result and were created off of the white flight from the inner city mm. so you know and and they are also not aware or haven't experienced these sundown neighborhoods and and they don't really have a full grasp so they're easily um they're easily manipulated into being a part of the problem because they are being educated by by the machine that that you know is in a position to employ them and, and my last question if mm. you don't um Elliot um and sister Simmons um as a uh organizer and 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 now you know engaged in um the new black panther party um what what do you, what do you see as the um, all the things that you describe being true, the, from an organizer perspective, the glimmer of, of opportunity that exists in order to deal with, um, to override to whatever degree, the um, distractions and the false illusions and, and, and that, um, that is being presented. You as a organizer and probably engaged with other organizers. What do y'all see that this um, moment brings? Um, what opportunities y'all see that this moment brings um, for you in order to uh, not to, to develop and build um, the community as you envision? Well, this uh, this opportunity was the the what has come out of this is we've had the opportunity to see the illusion of inclusion. We have the opportunity to see that a lot of the responsibilities that we need to take on ourselves as a people, as a community, um, and and as a race is, is that it's our responsibility to protect and defend ourselves, which is why, you know, we engaged the new Black Panther Party and and they came here to establish a Buffalo chapter. And you can't defend yourself if you are ignorant. <laughs> and so not only do we, in terms of defending ourselves, do we have to bear arms, we have also have to um, arm ourselves with knowledge to understand who the enemy is. Because in a war, the government tells you who the enemy is. In a revolution, you figure out who it is yourself. So <laughs> this is an opportunity for, for the world to see that, you know, the injustices that we thought, you know, only happened back in the days that and that we can only seem to reference in movies. Like, we can recognize it in a movie when it's some shenanigans going on, but when it's happening in front of us in real life, we can't quite seem to make the connection because of the perspective and the lenses that we've been handed by this system and by its partners and affiliates. 
And until we understand the, uh, the system and its partners and affiliates, then we're going to continue to be manipulated and we're going to hold guns and take up arms against those who should be in battle with us because they are ignorant. And see, this is why um, our chairman, Malik Zulu-Shabazz, came here to help us because he understood that we understood at this point that we have to protect ourselves. So we have, and we also have to understand that we are not outnumbered. We are solely out organized. That's why our ignorance is a trillion dollar industry. Trillions, trillions of dollars are spent every day to keep us ignorant and docile. And I mean, you know, we are just being taught to hate the truth at this point. So we have to, you know, in order for us to organize, we have to A, understand that all skin folk ain't kin folk. And that and and there's nothing that the ancestors have said that I that do not always hold truth. And we have to understand that a wise man plants trees today knowing that he will never enjoy the shade. See, they have us in this instant gratification. Like if we can't make it better today, then all is lost. But our children are the future. And if we don't carve and make a way and protect, they're going to be mowed down systematically as they continue to systematically divide us. And the only thing that has us divided is our ignorance because there are so many people who believe in this government and believe in the protection uh, of this system. And the illusion of inclusion is that is a very powerful tool, just like this poverty. So we have to you know, we, we, we have to do as the Haitians did. I mean, they had a successful revolution because they dealt with the sympathizers. We could not, we, our greatest enemy is these black skin folk. And see, until we understand that we're going to clap for every black face that's in a high place, but we have to understand that the system does not do endorse those who oppose it. So if these people were opposing the system, the government wouldn't be upholding them and saying, look, we have the first black this and the first black that. And see, the only way through all of this, the, the best way to unity is through education. And, and we have to educate ourselves. We can, the, the revolution will not be televised. It won't be funded. And they're not going to send people to, to, to tell us how to do it. Those are the things that we have to do ourselves. And hopefully this, the, the greatest thing that will come out of everything that has happened is that people will get a better understanding at, in, in terms of who is with us and who is against us. And hopefully people will get out and start seeking knowledge because they're question, they, they should start questioning all of the things that are being put in front of them. <laughs> Richard. Yes, yes. You know, the, the line we say in the beginning of the program, our people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. What Sister Simmons just spent the last eight minutes saying, we couldn't have said it any better. We're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, you can join the discussion, too, by dialing 215-490-9832 with a question or comment for our guest, our guest this evening, activist, organizer. New Black Panther Party chapter head Sister Taniqua Simmons is on talking about Buffalo and everything around dealing with Buffalo and our communities nationwide. We'll be right back.
are listening to Time for an Awakening. Time for an Awakening. With host Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency in business for over 20 years. Located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services. Representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies. Offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 215 215- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Escape the digital plantation. Abibitumi.com, Abibitumi.tv, Abibitumi.tv.com, Abibitumi.store are here for you. You are ready to be free of non-African social media. Don't run from danger. Run to safety. Abibitumi.com is here for you. You are ready to be free of digital plantations to control your own products. Abibitumi.store is here for you. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. Black Power. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. The only word you need to know to join your global commit to you black family, to join your interconnected commit to you black communities, escape the digital plantation now. Abibitumi.com, Abibitumi.tv, Abibitumi.tv.com, Abibitumi.store. We are here for you. Escape the digital plantation. that this problem needs to be solved and we can't keep relegating it to generation after generation because a few of us got a little money, a few of us got positions, a few of us have wealth while the masses of our people are going steadily down. No one man can rise above the condition of his people. The brother said responsibility. Is it, is it that we should let them take responsibility to do for us or should we pool the knowledge that's at the table, the power that's in our community, the wealth that's in our community to change the harsh reality of black life in America? We have to do 
the job of fulfilling the black agenda. Thank you. a message to the black man because the black man today is a man who has been made now almost into a laughing stock nobody takes the black man serious we're just used to be somebody's tool we are the sportsmen we're the singers and the dancers and we're also labeled as the pimps and the criminals and the drug dealers, and the killers, and the vagabonds of society. We're the bogeymen of British society and other Western systems. And we want to dispel that lie and destroy those myths and put the black man back on the map where we belong. Who is the black man? The black man is the original man. If it wasn't for the black man, no other men could be on this planet. We are the fathers of humanity. We gave birth to all of you. Jesus, this powerful Jesus that's sitting at the right hand of the Father with all power in his hand. Then you go with your hat in your hand to the governor, to the mayor, to the president, begging for some crumbs. You have sold your God cheap. And you make the white man downtown disrespect all of us. Time for an Awakening is a proud part of the Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black digital and podcasting platform. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. It's 8.07 here in the city of Philadelphia on this Sunday edition 
of time for an awakening. Our guest this evening, activist, organizer, and new Black Panther Party Buffalo chapter chair, Sister Taniqua Simmons is with us talking about Buffalo after the reopening of the Tops Market where 11 of our people were gunned down uh, by this uh, 18-year-old white animal. And uh, we're talking about what has happened prior to what has happened presently and some of the things that's going to be happening uh, uh, in the future. Let's let's go to... Um, Let's go to the phones here and take a couple of these calls. Let's go to 267. 267? 267, are you there? Yes, uh, Elliot. Yes. Elliot. Richard. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, I'm just listening. Good information, good guests. I listen to you and Richard. I'm all ears. Uh, what do you think about some of the things that Sister Simmons has said about Buffalo in relation to what's going on there? I'm happy that, that I hear, hear truth. You got to hear it from the source in the mouth. I'm, I'm amazed, but I'm not surprised, but I'm a listen. Thanks for your contribution, brother. Let's go to four, yeah. 404. 404? 404. Yeah, Yahoo, man. Yeah, you hear me, man? Hey, hey, look here. I'm a, uh, no disrespect to the sister, but uh, did did we learn, man, that, uh, when that devil shut up that church, man? Did we? What a damn man at, man? Did you gonna sit there and let somebody unload in their neighborhood, bro? Okay, I'm sick of this, man. Even my, they just did the same thing in uh, Tennessee a couple of years ago. But my cousin, James South Jr., took that devil down and took the damn weapon from him, man. What a damn man at, man. I'm sick of this, man. I'm tired of the talking and the blah, blah, blah. And the, 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 the men should stand up, bro. I'm tired of it, man. Because God forbid, that will never happen around me, man. I'm just sick of the talking, man. What a good, I'm about to start cussing, man. What a damn man that, man. Okay, I was in Buffalo in 2016, man. And I trying to get in the calendar. But they treated me good in Buffalo because I had got lost. And, and I had to go to the bus station. The brother showed me where the bus station was at right by eight. Right by the liquor store. That was in the summertime. Ain't nowhere in the hell I'd be up there in the winter. But anyway, I love Buffalo, man. But it, well, every time, we had walk, y'all. Time for the bullshit to stop. Ain't no take the needle off the record and the talking. Ain't no buck dancing no more, man. It's time for the coon and the clowning to cut the BSI. We had walk. We prisoners of walk, man. You a damn soldier or you just a damn uh, talking. Okay, time for the soldiers to step up, man. Okay, we prisoners of war. It's time to take the needle off the record, cut the BS. Ain't no laughing and joking, nothing to talk about, bro. Okay, because I'm sick of this, man. It's up to, to the men. Don't call 911. You 911. In my neighborhood, they know not to try that BS shit, BS around me. Keep your dogs in your, out my yard, bro. Okay? Because I don't play it, man. I done told them, keep their dogs out my yard, no barking, none of that crap, man. Okay? I'm the police in my neighborhood, man. I don't know what y'all doing, man. But right here in Norfolk, Georgia, I'm the goddamn law. I'm going to be quiet, man. I'm going to go. It's just time for the men to stand up. You can stand up or go lay down somewhere, man. Peace, peace well, out, man. Well, let, but, but wait a minute. Before you go, let me let me mention this to you. And, and yeah. uh, Sister Simmons might chime in on this one. Um, you heard Sister Simmons, and we've talked about it on this program several times, about yeah. the apathy and the ignorance of what's going on in our communities, the lack of information. See, that that hurts our people. 
because then they don't really know what they're dealing with. And the people that they see as friends have been working against them. And they don't understand no it. Friends, right? And they don't understand it. So it takes organization. When you see Sister Simmons out there, uh, a married woman with family, and she's out there trying to organize people, it takes organization. I understand that you said that you're not going to let somebody, you know, come into your area, you as an individual. But it takes organization to defeat what these people are doing and to defeat these people. It's going to take organization. Just like well, Sister Simmons just done. said, she said, we're not outnumbered. We're out organized. Sister Simmons, do you want to say something to our caller? Well, I would like to say that um, we do have to be organized and we do need to uh, maintain that that mindset but uh, that that's where the war on on drugs and poverty played a role the black men are either incarcerated um and 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 once they take away our rights they they don't want to restore them but they want to continue to tax us so you know and this is why they crucified a black man and and so there there are a lot of things at play but if we are able to organize, we are in a position to address all of those barriers that prevent us from doing the things that we need to do to get where we need to go. This is why if we are in cities and we don't have a, a new Black Panther Party or a, a, a Black militia organization that, you know, we, then we need to establish those we need to to go against the narrative that, you know, in the black community, they blame the gun. They always blame the gun until it's the police officer holding the gun. They have us scared to possess guns. They they have us turning in our guns. They are We are the only community that this government is actively trying to disarm and actively they, they, they create barriers to us exercising our Second Amendment rights because all of these laws that they are creating for gun safety, all they do is make it more difficult for black people to <laughs> legally bear arms. So we have to address it, and it all goes back to politics. So we have to be a, a, a militia, and we have to bat. We have to be prepared to put boots on the ground, and we have to be prepared to battle for our people's minds. Yeah, I agree with you saying, but hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, whether you legally, illegally, or illegally. You get you something in your house, man. Best thing to do don't even have no register shit. Don't come because they're going to go after the ones that got the registration. You better know how to roll. Incard Negro, man. Okay, organization start with one. I I leave it like that, man. You roll with the people you got, man. The ones with you, they with you. The ones ain't, God bless them in the funeral home, going to dress them, man. All right, but hey, I don't damn the law. They the law against us, man. Damn, you got to know how to, uh, anyway, I, 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 I'm, I'm a street Negro. I got a, a, a PhD in street, sidewalk university, man. Damn they laws, man. You know, you got to do what you got. The law, the law is self-preservation. You got to write the opinion yourself, man. You can take somebody down with an ink pen or a key or whatever you got, man. That's the point. I'm, I'm like, nobody, they just, just stop putting out, even Philadelphia, man. Where the hell all them people, the men sat there and watched them children. Uh, uh, jump on that man like that, man. What the hell? I know some grown men was out there looking, man. What the hell? Two, man, this stuff crazy, man. It's like everybody's scared, man. 
scared nigga get you killed. I don't want to be organized with no scared nigga, man. I'm going to be quiet, Ellie. I'll get tired of talking, man. Thanks for your contribution. Let y'all talk, man. Right. I'm at walk. Thanks for your contribution. Right. Let's go to 267. 267. 267, are you there? Let's go to 215. 215. 215. Good good evening, Brother Elliot. How are you, sir? Good evening, Brother. I'm doing fine, Brother Elliot. Good evening, Brother Richard. And good evening, Sister Simmons. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. All praises be to Allah. Sister Simmons, let me say first, it's an honor, and I mean it from my heart. It's an honor talking to you. Uh, uh, as Brother Elliot and Brother Richard know, I have family in Buffalo, a lot of our family. My sister lives in Buffalo, and, they've been, and my family been there since the 1950s when they came from North Carolina on my mother's side. Some came to North Carolina, I mean, some came to Buffalo, some went to New York City, some went to Philadelphia, and, 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 you know, and all parts in between. And Sister Simmons, I done been to Buffalo so many times that I can remember. And I've been up there in the winter, because Brother West mentioned the winter time. I've been up there when it's, the city been shut down. Matter of fact, I never get back in 76. Me and my mom went up there to see my aunt Thelma, and we got stuck in Buffalo. We had to got stuck there for like a couple of days because everything went, you know, got shut down and you couldn't know flights was going out. I'm sure what you're well aware of, Sister Simmons, and stuff, the snowstorm that, that Buffalo get. And like I said, I've been up there in the winter, the summer, the spring, and the fall. I've been up there for good times as well as bad. And what I mean by that, I've been up there for parties, birthday parties, weddings, funerals, you name it. I've been up there. And of course, I've been up across the bridge, across the bridge into Canada, the Niagara Falls, the made of the mist, the American side, Canadian side, you know, all this stuff I'm sure you're familiar with. And I, and I and like Brother West, I do love Buffalo. Whenever I go up there, I'm always treated nice by my family and, and my family friends up there. I love the city of Buffalo. And uh, and, and ironically, uh, Sister Simmons, I was telling Brother Ellen Richard on one of the shows back when this tragic happened, when this white devil did what he did, my sister had went in that Topps Market early that morning. And stuff. She, she it's normally she goes in there around that time, but for whatever reason, I guess fate, call it fate, whatever you want to call it, she didn't go in there that particular to that. She went in there early that morning, as opposed to in the afternoon when this tragedy happened, because she could have very well been one of the victims and stuff, you know. And my heart definitely goes out to the victims of that that, that suffered the hands of this white demon and stuff that did what he did. But you know, Sister Simmons, when Brother Richard asked you, cause I, I, I kind of chuckled to myself. You know what? Funny, but I had to chuckle because you was right. When Brother Richard asked you the color of the mayor and the attorney general, you said they had black skin. And you're absolutely right. That's all they have is black skin. You know, you talking about two Negroes. If ever was two handkerchief-haired Negroes, they don't give a damn about black people. It's Byron Brown and Letitia James. And, and, and like with Byron Brown, my, as my sister told me over the years, most black buff buff. But most black folks in Buffalo, they detest that Negro. They really do. But you know, you won't get that, of course, from the mainstream media. You know, I mean, and as you well know, the, the white establishment led by white bigots within the Democrat and Republican Party ganged up and made sure that that sister, Indira Walton, didn't win because she, cause she should have been mayor of Buffalo now, somebody that really cared about our people up in Buffalo as opposed to that Negro, Byron Brown. Here's a sister that really cared, single mother that was really loved our people and would have tried to make changes to improve the, our quality of life for our people in Buffalo. But again, the racist establishment, and I say in both parties, you had white racist Democrats and Republicans and the Negroes in both parties ganged up and made sure the sister didn't win. 
you know. But again, with people like you, Sister Simmons, and I admire you because here you have a family. You could be, you could just sit back in the cuts if you wanted to, and and and, and just live for your family. But you, but you got a calling. You, you God put in your heart, Sister Simmons, a calling to look out for our people. So you know, you have a husband and a family that you love. But you, you looking at the big picture. You want to make sure that all of our people, you know, can uh, live a good life, and and, and that's why you. Join the, the new Black Panther Buffalo chapter to try to make a difference. And I admire you for that, Sister Simmons. I really do. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I just encourage you, Sister Simmons, in close to keep doing what you're doing because, like Brother Ellis said, once our people get the right information, we'll move forward and we'll continue to, to weed out the Negroes among us that's traitors to our people, and, and whether it be black Democrats or black Republicans or whomever, and work towards, you know, and get you know proving a quality of life for our people and like and see they and see they got black folks in buff like my sister was telling me they they got them in a quine because 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 this Negro man didn't didn't have the decency to make sure that black folks like like unlike the white parts of Buffalo where you got supermarkets all over the place he, black folks are stuck with this one market one market and like you said it's not a qual it's not a high quality market my sister said that for years not a high because a lot of times my sister she has a car so she drives over into the white areas where you got we got better markets there but see unfortunately like you say sister simmons everybody don't have a car and nobody wants to be lugging a whole bunch of groceries on no bus all the time you know that's, that's, that's that can be tedious you know what i mean so so the fact that that Bluff, buffalo is, has a food desert and like you said the quality of the food and the meats there's not like it is in some of the other markets on the white side and we yeah, like, we we had that here in, in Philadelphia. System. We have a market called uh, Cousins, and it's, it's equivalent to, to, to Tops and stuff. Low quality market, you know what I mean? So I mean, you know, so we so our people got a lot of work to do up there in Buffalo as well as in Philadelphia to move our people forward, so our people can, you know, our children can go to better schools where, where we don't have like here in Philadelphia. We got lead, you know, lead in the water, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, roaches infested. Uh, don't have decent water for our children to drink. I mean, just all kinds of bad stuff that, that our, our children have to deal with here in Philadelphia at these schools. We've got all these Negroes in so-called power positions, the city council and mayor and all that kind of stuff. Yet our people still catching hell. Black police commission, these white devil cops still shooting our people down. So, so Buffalo is no different than, than Philadelphia, Sister Simmons. We, you know, we got to roll up our sleeves, like you say. We got to get to work and do what we have to do to move our people forward because we're in a war, like Brother West said. We're in a war, man. It's no question about that. But Sister Simmons, I think may Allah bless you, Sister, and you keep doing what you're doing and make you safe and, and, and make you and our people in Buffalo successful. Keep doing what you're doing because you're not in this battle by yourself to the stem. You got people out here, you know, fighting out here with you and, and spared them and stuff here in Philadelphia. Send my love up there to y'all in Buffalo and stuff. And uh, my sister, she always keep me posted and stuff. And like I said, I got a whole bunch of cousins, uncles, aunts, you know, nieces, nephews that live in Buffalo. And like I said, I love the city. I've been there so many times. Like I said, Sister Sim, I, I can't even remember, but I, I love the city. I really do. Thank you, Sister Simmons, for what you do. Uh, thank you for your support. You, you're welcome. But I'll put my mute now and listen to the rest of the show. All right. I got you. <laughs> Let's go to 602. 602, are you there? Uh, yes, Brother Elliot. Uh, good evening. Uh, good evening, Richard. And good evening to your guest, Brother Marcus. How are you, sir? Calling from, I'm all right. Calling from Memphis. It's the same condition here in Memphis. Same prevailing condition. I just want to um leave this point with the sister with with you know and it says by Marcus Garvey it says the Negro slept a thousand years. The Negro slept a thousand years while the white man moved along. 
And so he shed his bitter tears as white men sing their song. Another day has just begun for black and white. A new day has just begun for black and white alike. The white man greets his with his gun. Will Negroes ever strike? Now we just mute my phone and continue listening. Thank you. Thank you for your contribution, bro. Uh, let's go. Caller. Caller, are you there? Yes. Yeah, how you doing? Hey, can I speak to the young lady for a minute? Let me ask you a question. As somebody who's been caught with a gun, so-called illegal, first of all, how can a gun be illegal? You know, I had no paperwork to it. It was, um, they tried to blame me for a shooting or something also behind that. I told him, I don't know who gun that is, and I don't, I ain't got nothing to do with the shooting. But, yeah, Friday, I was um locked up for jaywalking. So they brought up that all that old like all that stuff is, is should be off my record by now. So that that's two things I wanna ask you. One is when you're a little gun shy about carrying a gun, especially what I understand what Wes was saying, even if you got carried illegally, but the problem is is when you get pulled out when you get harassed for jaywalking and then they wanna search you and ask for ID and all that. And then take and then book you and take you up the boarding town to the state barracks. You you kind of hesitant about getting caught with a gun again. Believe me, you don't you don't want to get caught with a gun again. And then we gotta do something about the politicians who allow laws. Really, they're not laws; they code. Because mm-hmm. I called I called the code office in New Jersey years ago and asked them, well, how do you do these codes? Because nobody from the community know about these codes. And he said, well, we put it, we put a legal notice in the paper. I said, nobody don't read the papers. And plus, it's it's the internet now. So you're talking about, y- y'all got to find a different way to get to the community to see about the code. See how, see, do you understand what I'm saying, how they tie together? I can't carry illegally because yesterday I would have been, you know, sitting in there. They wouldn't have OR me like they did because they OR me for uh, disturbing the peace or um, disorderly conduct off of a jaywalking ticket. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm, it's probably oh, not clear because yes. I really can't talk like I want to talk because I'm on the radio. I'm trying not to disrespect the show. But if me and you was in person, you know I could break the whole thing down to you. But this, this, that, that's part of the problem what Wes is saying. The problem is, is when you get to the shooting Wes is talking about, you would have been caught with the gun three or four times already because they're harassing you off of codes. Mm-hmm. You would have never got a chance to shoot anybody with it, even if you carry it so-called legally. Mm-hmm. You, should, I you agree. see what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's, it's hard. You get a little gunshot, and I admit that as a pun, you get a little gunshot about carrying it with you. Believe me, I have no problem carrying it with you and using it. I have no problem with any of that. The problem I got is when you want to go to the dip to the store real quick and, and come back to wherever you at to get you something to eat. And you getting pulled over for jaywalking. We need to do something about that. I'm on these politicians' heads. I'm, I'm sick of arguing and fighting with the police. It's these politicians that won't step up and do anything. And they expect me to vote. They already start the campaign on the uh, Hughes, because you can't say nothing about Kathy Hughes. But all her stations already started the Democratic campaign to vote for the Democrats, because if you don't, the boogeyman of Trump will be back in office. I don't care about that. Because the politicians, y'all been voting 60 years. And as you 
see, I could get locked up for jaywalking. So y'all been voting for 60 years. These old heads, all due respect, I don't want to hear no more old head talk. I want to hear no more, hear no more old head talk until you get on these politicians' necks. They tried to get South Carolina, old boys from South Carolina up out of there. The people didn't support it. Why? Because all the old people voted for them to get back in there. you the sixth poorest district in South Carolina, and you put this man back in office. How dumb are you? Uh-huh. So, so what do you think on how to handle that? We're, we're, we're just off of what Wes said. Yeah, it's cool. It sounds cool. But when you get locked up every two years, you, it costs $140 also to get in Burlington County. It costs $140 a day to be in the county. Uh-huh. So who's going to pay for that, Wes, when I come home? Uh-huh. Like, that's irresponsible, man. It, uh-huh. I have no problem carrying it. I have no problem using it. Believe me, my, my jacket speaks for itself. Cop pulled up my old jacket. Uh-huh. I said, yo, that's me, 20, that's me 20 years ago. I said, I ain't been in trouble in 20 years, and you got me. You you got me locked up, handcuffed like an animal. That's twenty. That's twenty twenty five thirty years ago. This stuff was going on. Yeah, I was a. I was what I was then. That's not me now, though. Well, see, our our biggest problem is that we don't understand the system that we integrated into, and our ability to understand the system that we were integrated into is seriously compromised by the psychological warfare that we have to endure. And we don't understand that, you know, we think of politics in terms of elections. If it's not an election year, we think that, you know, we as as a Black community, we, we don't even discuss politics. Because that's one of the rules. They tell you, you shouldn't discuss politics and religion, but those are the two things that has the greatest <laughs> impact and in, in, in influence in our community. And they tell us to not discuss it because if we discussed it, then we, we'd understand. And if we understood what was happening to us, we'd have uh, a better discussions and we'd be moved in a better direction. See, when they took this country, they they colonized this country because they had the guns. So that is why it is paramount that this government keeps guns out of black out of the black man's hands because right. he is the defender of the black community, the black race, the black family, everything black. So we have to understand that, and then we have to understand that although we have a two party system, it's really one party. It's only That's divided deter- in terms of who's going to who's going to steer the ship but it's, they're on the same ship going in the same direction so we hand down religion and we hand down political affiliation like like it's a family heirloom i'm a democrat because my mother was a democrat because her mother was a democrat because her mother's mother's mother was a democrat and we don't we feel uncomfortable when we are when we encounter new information and, and and we've been taught to hate new information. We've been taught to only accept information from people who look a certain way and wear a certain uniform. We think the greatest criminals walk around with saggy pants. The greatest criminals in the world walk around with three-piece suits and $4,000 shoes and, and live in the best neighborhoods. But the, the social programming is so real because once they unshackled us, they had to shackle our minds. Why? Because they integrated us. And this is why this city is a democratic city. We vote Democrat. They say go pull 7A. We pull it. No questions asked. 
the Democrats have run this city into the ground. But they use fear of the Republican to get us to vote Democrats, and the Democrats is worse than the Republicans, and they're all the same. You're either going to take your racism with sugar or you're going to take it raw. And as soon as we we learn that we have to reject the whole system and we have the power to not only reject it, to overhaul it, it goes back to the ballot or the bullet. And, and as long as we ignorant, we ain't we when we get the bullet, we're going to shoot our own people. And if we and if we stay ignorant, we're going to continue to elect the same people who put us in the condition. Not only do we elect the people who put us in the condition, we go back to them for the solution. So we are it, it, it's just that we are ignorant. It, it just all comes down to it. And we don't even like to admit we ignorant. Like some of us, we talk politics. And all we're doing is regurgitating rhetoric. And the, the rhetoric that we're regurgitating normalizes oppression. It, and, it, and it favors the oppressor. And now we, in turn, oppress ourselves. So we are under, this is a psychological warfare because they can't win no physical war with us. Nope. Nobody can. And that's why they spend so much money trying to control, dominate, and annihilate us. Because we are, unfor- nobody can beat us. And that's what it's all about. And we did, and, and, and you know, they, oh, we're in post-racial America. America will never be post-racial. America was created on, on white supremacy. And, and that's a lie. That's a total fabrication. And if you can fabricate white supremacy and run the world, it's going to take a lot of knowledge, a lot of organization, and a lot of love and, and, and faith and trust within your people to, to overcome that. But that's why they keep us poor because no matter what we, 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 we've given up the, uh, our survival being pitted in each other. We think our survival is based upon the government treating us good as opposed to us sticking together. And, yeah, and this that, is where we are. Yeah. And I, and I think that adds to, um, me personally, I don't use drugs, never use drugs. They, they get confused by that too. When I get up in the court system, they, and they want to ask me about drug use. And so I don't know nothing about drugs. I don't use it, never use it. I don't want no parts of it. So they put these weed dispensaries all through the community. What you feel about that also? You put weed dispensaries mixed with guns. You should always be sober. You know, when I was out here running around the street, I never used drugs because I always wanted to be sober because you always had to be on point about what's going on. I, I don't see any positivity in dispensaries. None at all. They got lines going all the way around the corner at a lot of these dispensaries in the middle of the afternoon. In the middle of the afternoon. Now, who signed up to put drugs in the community so-called legally? Brother, thanks thanks for your contribution. We're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we're going to continue the discussion. <laughs> Very interesting comments by all of our guests, I mean all of our callers. Uh, we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we're going to continue, to continue the discussion. You can get involved, too, while we still have uh, Sister Simmons with us, activist, organizer, New Black Panther Party, Buffalo Chapter Chair. Taniqua Simmons is with us. We'll be right back.
are listening to Time for an Awakening. Time for an Awakening. With host, Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Time for an Awakening Media. Part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency in business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowner's insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 215 215- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Escape the digital plantation. Abibitumi.com, Abibitumi.tv, Abibitumi.tv.com, Abibitumi.store are here for you. You are ready to be free of non-African social media. Don't run from danger, run to safety. Abibitumi.com is here for you. You are ready to be free of digital plantations to control your own products. Abibitumi.store is here for you. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, Black Power, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. The only word you need to know to join your global commit to you black family, to join your interconnected commit to you black communities, escape the digital plantation now. Abibitumi.com, Abibitumi.tv, Abibitumi.tv.com, Abibitumi.store. We are here for you. Escape the digital plantation. In this crooked game of power politics here in America, the Negro, namely the race problem, integration, civil rights issue, are all nothing but tools used by the whites who call themselves liberals against another group of whites who call themselves conservatives, either to get into power or to retain power. Among whites here in America, The political teams are no longer divided into Democrats and Republicans. The whites who are now struggling for control of the American political throne are divided into liberal and conservative camps. The white liberals from both parties cross party lines to work together toward the same goal. And white conservatives from both parties do likewise. The white liberal differs from the white conservative only in one way. The liberal is more deceitful, more hypocritical than the conservative. Both want power, but the white liberal is the one who has perfected the art of posing as the Negro's friend and benefactor. And by winning the friendship and support of the Negro, 
the white liberal is able to use the Negro as a pawn or a weapon in this political football game that is constantly raging between the white liberals and the white conservatives. The American Negro is nothing but a political football. Since the 60s, you will see nothing but betrayals by the petty bourgeois elements in our society. The African bourgeoisie is the most corrupt bourgeoisie in the world. In Africa, they seek luxury in the midst of mass suffering. There are more Mercedes in Africa than in any other continent in the world. In America, as soon as they arrive at a position based on this blood of the people, they snatch that position and run away from the people. But you must not think that they represent the people. They only represent their opportunistic self using the people every step of the way. So you must not be confused. The petty bourgeoisie everywhere will be running for cover, but the masses will spare them not. Consequently, we who have dedicated our lives to the people's struggle, we, who knowing that the people will always be free, we, understanding that we must make a contribution to qualify our struggle since the 60s, have been, have been dedicating all our energies to only one task, the organization of the masses of our people. We are not running for mayor, we're not running for president. No changes can come from the top down, we're not stupid. Changes can only come from the bottom up. The masses and the masses alone can make them. If you want to learn something from the 60s, the lesson is simple. Organize the masses of the people. Thank you. Thank you. You're the one who put the present Democratic administration in Washington, D.C. The whites were evenly divided. It was the fact that you threw 80% of your votes behind the Democrats that put the Democrats in the White House. The, when you see this, you can see that the Negro vote is the key factor. And despite the fact that you are in a position to, to be the determining factor, what do you get out of it? The Democrats have been in Washington, D.C. only because of the Negro vote. They've been down there four years. And all other legislation they wanted to bring up, they brought it up and gotten it out of the way, and now they bring up you. And now they bring up you. You put them first, and they put you last. Because you're a chump. A political chump. The party that you bash controls two-thirds of the House of Representatives in the Senate, and still they can't keep their promise to you, because you're a chump. Anytime you throw your weight behind a political party that controls two-thirds of the government, and that party can't keep the promise that it made to you during election time, and you are dumb enough to walk around continuing to identify yourself with that party, you're not only a chump, but you're a traitor to your race. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening, Sunday edition. Our guest this evening, activist, organizer, and new Black Panther Party Buffalo chapter organizer, Taniko Simmons is with us this evening talking about Buffalo, the reopening of the Tops Market, and things that's going to move our people forward in that city. Uh, Sister Simmons. Yes. I didn't. Oh, okay, I was just making sure I didn't lose you. Oh. 
Before I kind of talk about the organization of our people on many different levels, um, uh, when Brother Jabu was on with us, uh, Buffalo uh, hosted a Black Unity Rally in early June. Um, talk about the response from the community. And my focus, when I say the response from the community, is basically the young people because we have to be honest. We have to strive to get the minds of our young people because, uh, white society, white media, their focus is not necessarily on me or brother Richard, or maybe not even on you, sister Simmons, but their, their focus is on our young people to get their minds. And it's all types of foolishness out here to distract them and get their minds looking other places. Talk about the response that the, the rally, the rally had and just the community response and with the focus on our young people. What was it uh, from your perspective? Well, uh, I didn't, I seen uh, the, the young people that were part of the response. Mm-hmm. They were with these organizations. Um, a, a lot of our, our leadership within our young people, um, they have been, their, their minds have been co-opted by these nonprofit organizations. And in our city, there's not a lot of employment opportunities. So if you are not employed by the government, a lawyer, a doctor, um, a nurse, uh, an educator with the with the colleges like if you're not part of that industry um you're you're looking at you know very low paying jobs so a lot of our young people who are out here trying to make a difference they've created these nonprofits but in not understanding that the revolution will not be funded so now that these these nonprofits and and they they were very quick to to call them black led organizations. Um, they they created a Buffalo United Fund um, that allowed corporations to donate because allegedly these corporations they want to help. You know they see the poverty, they see <laughs> the pain and the struggle of black people, and they want to help. And they created this fund. They raised I want to say like almost well their last reported amount that they um, gave was $560,000 that they split up between 70 Black-led organizations. And these are the, the, the product of a mind is a terrible thing to waste. So we have a lot of capable young Black people who are indoctrinated and now they're being utilized by these nonprofit machines to work against the interests of the community. And it, it's twofold because, you know, when you want to do something, we have been taught that we are not capable of doing it ourselves. So when we want to do something, we, we don't look inward. We go and join organizations and we see the black faces and we think, hey, this is for the black community. We we don't even know nothing about a board. We don't even know anything about, you know, who's funding. We don't question it. So unfortunately, we, we have, again, a divide. We have young people who 
who understand and reject everything associated and affiliated with the system. And they're out here trying to make a difference and they're being, you know, utilized against the best interests of themselves and the communities because they don't have any context and they don't, they don't have any context for the information given and they don't know enough to question anything. So, you know, we are in a very unique position because you know, in our the course of our revolution, we have to battle against these very young, capable black minds that have um, that that are being utilized against us, and it's it, it it's very very divisive, and it only serves to keep us more um, divided, uh, more easily conquered, and it it and. I don't know. They have this, this. Uh, they put this idea that you know, if we can't all move united, then we just shouldn't move. So this division is just leading to apathy because everybody is kind of stuck and only worried about themselves, which makes it hard for us to move on one accord. So the response, um, you know, it 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 further divided the community. It was very disgusting because they turned a crime scene into a circus, literally, figuratively. I put a lot of videos up on social media. It was very disrespectful and and they thought they were doing something good for the community. Uh, Sister Simmons, the... um the the organization that uh, that some of the groups are doing, and I don't know whether you're necessarily affiliated with uh, the political organizations. Uh, although you told me, and you told a lot of audience that you had ran for a council person at one time, um, the response that's needed to get people in office and develop people in our communities that has the community's best interests at heart. It has to start among the community. Now, as you just stated, uh, other factors and other forces realize that leadership is needed. So they cultivate leadership in our communities. And they pour, pour money in there and some of these young people are co-opted. But we could still defeat this dragon, so to speak, by organizing in our communities and developing candidates from among our communities to lead the community. When you see people like Byron Brown, now you're in Buffalo and you see what he has not done. Cause I think he's been mayor. What about 16 years now? Yes, sir. When you see what he has not done and, and just using tops market as an example, you got a community that didn't have a market for enough for, and got one market has one market. So when you see the lack of uh, uh, resources given to black people who have put him in office, when you see the disrespect of the community to have a market open back up, maybe less than two months or maybe two months to the day that a massacre happened there, where they basically uh buff and wax the floor and wipe down stuff and then open up the door so people can come back in and shop where people's loved ones had been murdered there 
when you see the lack of disrespect happening from people that look like us, is the community enraged to the point now where they, they need to, they feel as though they need to develop, uh, candidates from their own communities. And the reason I'm asking that because we seem as a onlooker in Buffalo, and I'm not there because I want to get your feelings on it as a community activist. We see that the last election that you had, this guy, uh, Byron Brown was running against, uh, India Walton. And it seems as though the community was in support of, of, uh, Miss Walton. Talk about it from your perspective, uh, looking at both people that was running at the time. Give me the community's perspective as an activist on the two people. The one, I almost know what you're going to say, but I like your assessment of both of them at that time, uh, even now. Okay. Well, well, to be perfectly transparent, he was not running just against her. She was the, they both ran against each other on the Democrat, uh, for the Democratic nomination. I also ran in that race and I ran it as a write-in. Um, and there were, I want to say there were probably like five candidates um, at that time that ran. And, um, but there were only two Democrats. The Republicans, they they don't run anybody for the city. They have a, a partnership with the, um, they have a, uh, Republicans have a partnership with the Democrats. So they leave the city to the Democrats and the Republicans take the county. So they never ran anyone. So- wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold, hold on. Hold it a second. Uh, so they don't even run anybody in Buffalo. The Republicans don't. No. Go ahead. Okay. So we had the, the, the race was pitted uh, Byron Brown against India Walton because they didn't want to acknowledge any of the other write-in candidates because Byron was a write-in candidate. And basically you just had infighting against the political party from the new up-and-coming black black-skinned folk versus the current black-skinned folk. And they want to, the, the, the national narrative was that she had the, you know, the, the vote of the people and the support of the people. She didn't. Her campaign was financed. 60% of her financing came from people outside of the city. So if that gives you the understanding, she was just another black face because this, you know, when she ran, that was the year of the black woman. And they were trying to um, basically, um, you know, you had the they, you had the fresh bloods that wanted to take over the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party in the city of Buffalo is extremely racist, um, and and many of their leadership has been exposed for being racist. We had um, we had an incident where at a at, at when we were doing there was the, these Black Lives Matter rallies. And a patron from out of this racist establishment came out, pulled knives on people. And then there was a a protest and it came out that the owner of the bar that was outside 
being disorderly, threatening black people, calling them all sorts of names, telling them that they didn't belong there. He was the husband of a judge. And that's where the Democratic political party hosts most of their fundraisers. Their, their other political leadership, he's, he, you know, he got on Facebook and said that he was on a train with some black people and he felt like he was about to get robbed and that the, the, the NFTA um, busing company that they needed to bring on more security uh, to protect the white patrons that ride the train. You know, and these are things that continually get swept under the rug. So any any person endorsed by the Democratic Party that is black, you're solely a black face. Like we have to understand if you are not bankrolling these campaigns, then how 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 can these people represent you? Like the story is she was a single mother and this and this and that and the third, but her campaign was paying people. $15 an hour to knock on people's doors. Where did that money come from? Oh, it came from 60% of the people who don't even live in this city who happen to be also gentrifying the community. She's tied, she was tied to open Buffalo, which is tired to tied to open society that is tied to Black Lives Matter and, and uh, George Soros. But we don't understand that. We, and see, this is why the Black face is is oppression without us they couldn't oppress us we would not accept this behavior from anybody but we accept it from people who look like us because ultimately when we we want to see black faces in high places but if we aren't funding these people then then they they can't carry out the agenda we see what happens when black folk want to empower black folk and want to educate us they get assassinated so we you know we we continue to suffer the same fate because we you know we don't learn our history we don't know enough about our local history we don't know enough about the political machine to understand where these nonprofits come in and you know the the negro project Margaret Sanger, if you want to do anything in the black community, you go to the leadership. The black people follow the leadership. <laughs> this is why the first thing these politicians do is they go talk to the church and, and, and then they talk into the to the to the congregation from the pulpit. It's absolutely disgusting. And then what do they do? They you know, these churches form these nonprofits. They the nonprofits got for profits, they money in, they launder and money for the government. They are being silent about what is happening to black people. And as a result, they're getting apartments and clinics and, and grocery stores and, and, and these trinkets. And we can't understand the connection between the politician and the money because they, they, they have these wonderful marketing campaigns and narratives and it's all marketing. And then we allow them to sit in these seats for decades and decades, and, and they have to continually tell us what they're doing. Oh, I did this for the Black community. I did that for the Black community because nothing they've done has actually impacted the Black community. I'm like, if you have to tell me what you've done, and that, oh, I've been here for 12 years, and if you elect me and give me four more years, five more years, what have you done with the time you've been given? But we don't know enough to question anything that they tell us. They tell us, oh, they bought $500 million to the community. 
We didn't get the job. We didn't get the contract. We can't afford to live in the apartment. Now we being outpriced outside of our neighborhoods. And we seem to to always not understand that it's the people that we, you know, that, that we uphold in a community that is doing the greatest disservice and, and injustice in our community. The people that look like us. Bridget. I was uh, wondering what would be the names of those when you mentioned about the the leadership in the church or the, um, I guess they call it a civil rights organization. I don't know what, if there's a NAACP in in, Baltimore, in, Bo- in Buffalo. Um, yes, there is. And, and so, and so the question I would have: um, What would be the leading church that would be doing the things? Um, that would be considered the ones they call out um, in 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 Buffalo. Uh, well, we have quite a few. We have the the major players are True Bethel Baptist Church that is headed by Bishop uh, Bishop slash uh, President of the Common Council Darius Pridgen, <laughs> and and then we have Saint John's Baptist Church um, that is ran by the Chapmans. And then we have Elam, um, that's, uh, what's the pastor's name? I think his last name is, um, I can't think of it. It's slipping my my tongue. But these are the major churches that we have, Mm. some of them. And and, and is there NAACP um, division in? Oh, yes. Yes. We've had a, a, a NAACP chapter here for over 100 years. Hmm. And, and they would be a part of that. Um, I guess the, the phrase comes to mind, misleadership class or do nothing as it relates to the people in Buffalo. Oh, yes. The NAACP compromises the black community on a daily on a daily basis. There are very there aren't any. Um, opposition. There's no opposition um, to anything that is transpiring in the Black community, um, from the NAACP to the Urban League. Most of these organizations are are leading us to our damnation um, because they've they've learned how to monetize our poverty. Like we are the third poorest city, but nobody talks about what that means. That means that we receive uh, a lot of money from the federal and the state government in terms of our poverty. So when these poverty dollars are coming into the city, they are going to our leadership and our leadership is uh, they're doing what, you know, what, what, what best meets their bottom dollars. You have councilmen who have nonprofits. I'm like the very the, the very need for these nonprofits arise from the lack and the ineffectiveness of the leadership that we have. But here they are, you know, working hand in hand like that's how government is supposed to work. <laughs> so the community here never has a response. The 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 powers that be created a community of nonprofits. So whenever they want to um, get the feedback of the community. They don't call the community. They call the nonprofits. And then the nonprofits speak for us. And they just also happen to be 
uh, it, the funded by the very same people that we are, you know, trying to empower ourselves against. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, and, and that's the model and that's how they're able to do systematically what they do to black communities all across the country because we don't know who's with us and who's against us and we don't have enough knowledge to question nor to demand. Power can seize nothing without a demand. Well, we can't formulate a demand because we don't understand what is happening to us. We just know that there's a lot of things that are happening to us and the narrative is always to blame the oppressed. So now not only do we continue to oppress ourselves, we also continue to keep ourselves ignorant. You know, my, my, my um, thought in relationship to it, and if I'm not mistaken, you are the um, newly um, um, new chair of the New Black Panther Party. And all the things that we, um, you know, laid out that exist in Buffalo that isn't um, to the best interest of, of, of the people um, in Buffalo. How... How, how my, my uh, um, the question that comes to mind is, um, how do you see as a as a um, leader of the part of the new Pan- Black Panther Party? How do you see the agenda that you have to set in order to take advantage of what you had mentioned earlier, the opportunity that does exist um, at this moment? Um, if that's a fair question. Well, as the, the the chairwoman of the Buffalo chapter, what we have to do is we have to uh, take advantage of the opportunity um, that has presented itself, which is the crack in the illusion of inclusion. Like a lot of people, including myself, I, I really felt this false sense of security and safety moving throughout and about my community. And after that happened, I mean, I had to really sit back and question, like, how how safe are we? And then I realized that we're we're not safe. We are, that just showed the vulnerabilities in the community. It showed that the police are not here to protect us. It showed that the politicians really don't care what happens to us or our community. So it, it, it presented an opportunity for people to see a break in the facade to say, "Mm, I don't really feel safe. So what we've been trying to do is is to, to take those people who are willing to question at this point, and we're trying to organize with them so that, you know, we can educate ourselves because, you know, we are all leaders and see the, the, the the greatest crime is, uh, is that we've, feel like we need somebody to save us when that whole mentality of waiting for the the same people who put you in the position to save you is really not wise. So some people are waking up to that and the people that are waking up to that, we are linking with and we are organizing and we've seen and, and we've been organizing. But the only problem is, is that when you are, when the opposition is, is, is not really in in the majority you have to stand to show other people how to stand sometimes you have to speak for people who who have a voice and don't know how to use it so what we're just trying to do is is 
organize and educate the community and understanding that we there is a role that we all have to play. You know, this is we we are we're facing a systemic problem. The greatest thing that they made us believe was that, you know, the the system will somehow correct and right its wrongs. And when it doesn't, we feel helpless because we 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 lack organizations that really protect us, organize us and speak for us. So a lot of people then they 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 just concede all of their power. So what we're trying to do is the people who are starting to want to protect themselves, we're giving them an, a, a, an opportunity to join an organization that, we've, that we understand that our survival is tied in one another. And our goal is to arm not only our, each other, as well as everybody in the community, to arm them with with legal firearms, as well as to arm them with the truth and the understanding of how this system works so that we can use the ballot and we don't have to use the bullet except to protect ourselves. Because at this point, this is, I mean, this is genocide, but we don't understand that this is genocide because of all the social programming that exists. You know, a lot of us are very comfortable and we have this false sense of comfortability and it was rocked and we need our comfortability to be rocked because we are way too comfortable with everything that is happening to us and to our people. Mm. Thank you for that. Uh, Sister Simmons, before we let you go, um, uh, with the chapter in Buffalo, uh, I know that you linked up with folks that, uh, teaching self-defense classes and things of that nature, but I guess you had the political education classes. Just talk about some of the things that that uh, that, uh, that is being done by the chapter in Buffalo. Well, the first thing we're trying to do is we are trying to bring back the sense of of community and give people a voice. So we're, we, we've given people uh, and, and set up the opportunity to, and we've been having these town hall meetings okay. so that people can come and, and we can impart knowledge and we can have conversations in determining how we're going to move so that we can be better organized because people have to understand what is at stake. And, and there's this sense that we're in danger and people have to, to understand exactly what we're in danger of and who we are in danger from. So we are hosting classes. We are, um, you know, self-defense political classes, and then we're getting out and connecting to the community because we don't have, you know, the one thing that is, is always missing from the black community is a community center. They expect us to be community, but we don't have spaces that we can talk, exchange information. So we are showing people that we don't need to have a community center and we need to be ready to meet in the park, in the dark. We, you know, we need to, we, we have, we are teaching the community that this is going to require sacrifice and many hands make work light. So we have to understand that this, that we all have to make a sacrifice and then showing them the how that moves us forward. So we are uh, a work in action and we are out here responding to the needs of the people and getting them un- to understand that what happens to one of us 
happens to all of us. An attack against one of us is an attack against all of us because we don't view it that way because we haven't been programmed to think that way. That's why we're not moving collectively and we're moving on an individual basis. So hopefully with that community energy, the conversation, the education, um, that we'll be able to move forward on the same accord because we all want the same things. Sister Simmons, I want to thank you for your work and what you're doing up there in Buffalo. Uh, The door is always open. You can come on the program and share some things that's going on up there. Uh, I suspect that within the next uh, few weeks, because according to uh, published reports, uh, there were protests outside the market to stop people from going in. Uh, things might be a little fluid, the situation up there, so the door is always open where you can come on, uh, express to our audience uh, exactly what's going on in Buffalo so we can get the proper information. Because, uh, listen, we have a black talk station here, uh, a terrestrial radio station, which is the only black-owned black talk station in Pennsylvania. And we don't get the proper information uh, out of a lot of these cities and what's going on. And we definitely didn't get the proper information on what's going on in Buffalo. We get the political spin. We get what the Tisha James said. Uh, we might hear what Byron Brown said, but we don't feel the heartbeat of the communities. A lot, a lot of our communities nationwide don't know what's going on among black folks in a lot of these communities. They get the political spin. So I want to thank you for being on with us this evening. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Black power. All right. Peace. Richard. Yes. yes. I'm glad that we had uh, Sister Simmons on with us to kind of give us an on-the-ground assessment of what's happening in Buffalo. Um, Listen, if you were talking about Baltimore, you were talking about Philadelphia, if you were talking about New York City, Chicago, it's the same story. Richard, it's not a coincidence. Right. And, you know, to kind of reiterate something that she said, <laughs> you know, that Richard, they had the NAACP convention was in Atlantic City, which is what, 60 miles uh, west, east, I'm sorry, of Philadelphia, in New Jersey. You, you know, they had a convention down there this weekend. You were, you were mentioning to me. I think that, uh, well, not I think, on Friday, uh, Kamala Harris was there. They was all excited about her coming. But I want to read that. Did you see the the theme of the convention this year? No. Richard, I, I want to read this to you. I'll just read the theme to you and get your assessment of it because it's it's something that that Sister Simmons was talking about the whole time she was on. And we've been talking about it because, and it it goes against the narrative that some of our listening audience may believe. See, some of our people believe that we're not really doing anything. And we reiterate that we are doing things in a lot of these cities. But the information is not being shared. But somebody knows that you're doing something, Richard. And and I, and I, I, I'm just kind of building up to this, but let me read to you 
the theme of the convention. Uh, this was a press release statement for July 31st, July 11th, 2022. Uh, the NAACP will be hosting a 113th convention from July 14th to the 20th in Atlantic City. And the theme is building black power. You said building black power. Yes. This is power. That's what it is. That, that This is power. And the convention is focusing on building black power. You see, you see what I'm talking about, Richard? Somebody notices that something is going on in this country, in all of these cities. Whether you're talking about Buffalo, you heard Sister, uh, Sister Simmons. Whether you're talking about Mississippi, when we had the brothers on from down there several activists, whether you're talking about when we had some of those young people on that got those coalition of independent political movements. You remember when we had them on, Richard? Right. Somebody realizes that something is going on. So all of a sudden, just like Sister Simmons was saying, the money, because the NAACP and all that, that, that that's a Jewish-run organization. They've been funding that almost from the beginning. W.B. Du Bois told you that in a lot of his books. That's why he quit. But what I'm saying is some folks realize that something is going on. So they want to get out in front of it so they can control the narrative. You know what we've been saying, Richard? Right. So their focus is building black power. Hmm. Enough said. I don't even have to say any more, Richard. Right. <clears throat> because yeah. the black power that they're talking about is Americanization, capitalism. It's all things that's, that's totally contrary to building a sustainable and honest black power. Mm-hmm. Look who did the, the, uh, the, the, the uh, keynote speaker so to speak Kamala Harris that's black power whose black power is that but just like Sister Simmons was saying some of our people might see that as black power and other blacks that's in quote unquote high places the one that's over the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, you know, over the defense. The one that's over the UN. The Austin? Yeah, Austin. The one that's uh, headed the, uh, the, with the UN here, uh, speaker for the UN, the, the, the US, uh, you know who I'm talking about. Linda Thomas Field. Greenfield. Mm-hmm. That's somebody's vision of black power. Yeah, Meeks, Meeks. Um, coming up with his thing as it relates to Africa, and um, I think I've just seen some the making a. Um, I think she's from Texas, the congresswoman from Texas, bill in order to um, um, support um, the HBCUs um, in relationship to um, going um, deals with Africa. And and um, 
relationships with Africa yeah. as it relates to, you know, the, um, the federal, the, the federal government. But that, exactly. That's not building black power. That's building, uh, uh, a white face, a black power with a white face, uh, excuse me, a, 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 I'm losing my train of thought, Richard. Uh, a white face, a black, you know what I'm saying. You say it better. You can say it better than me, Richard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just thought that was uh, kind of yeah, interesting it's, too. It's Go ahead. It's a no. It's in alignment. Putting a black face on white power. Okay, now I got it twisted. I had it all twisted up. That ain't building black power. That's putting a black face on white power. Because they're not talking about building. They're talking about building things with quote unquote white allies. And whenever you're doing something with European people, they always want to be in control of the narrative. And that's a fact. That ain't a racist statement or bigoted. St- that's a fact. Just look at our experiences here, our historical experience here, and all of the movements that was trying to be done independently of Europeans and what happened in relation to them. Yeah. So you know they need to change that uh, that mantra to the convate, uh, convention. That's not building black power. That's putting a black face on white power. Before we leave this evening, uh, I want to give uh, the lineup on time for an awakening media Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. African perspectives with Brother Oshi. Always interesting topics and dialogues on African perspectives. That's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, later on that evening from 8 to 9, Black Therapy Central with host Dr. Maria Kambon and Dr. Kamal Kambon. And later, even later Monday evening from 9 to 10, Conversation Reparations. That's in Cobra's program for the first and third Mondays of the month. On Tuesday evening from 8 to 10 p.m., Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers. On Wednesday, it's our time, the West Georgia uh, Black Farmers Cooperative. That's from uh, 8 to 9 and from 9 to 10. Black Agenda Report with host Dr. David Muhammad. On Friday, Time for an Awakening is back from 8 until, and on Saturday, from 7 to 9 p.m., the elders of Sankofa with Brother Alfonso. Watkins, I want to thank everybody for listening to the program this evening. Lively discussion as always, and we'll be back on Friday, Lord willing, to continue on this path towards an awakening. Peace. Peace. Are you watching your children playing after school?
Thank you. 